It's about you, your health, your family, and your community. This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And good morning. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. As always, for more information on the show, all you have to do is reach out to us on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now, and follow us there now. You can also listen to the show anytime you like. Just head to your favorite podcast app and head to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear and subscribe there. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rodney Lear on Air. We begin this morning with parenting expert Laura Lynn Knight. Laura is a former elementary school teacher and certified positive discipline educator specializing in helping families create calmer home environments. It's our pleasure to welcome Laura Lynn Knight to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Laura. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Now, Laura, you are a certified positive discipline educator. Explain to us what that entails and what is that? So that means that I help families create more calm in their household, and I help parents find practical tools so that they can yell less with their kids and have more quality, special time with them. And so what it really looks like is that I help families take an authoritative parenting view that's being kind yet firm instead of kind of what we used to see, which was more authoritarian or permissive. Now, as we think about the new school year, as a former elementary school educator, when you were in the classroom, what are some of the things that you wanted from your parents to ensure that you had a great school year? So when I was in the classroom, I always really appreciated parent cooperation and the way that parents were taking some of the lessons that we were learning at school and implementing them at home. So, you know, anything that we were working on, not just academically, but the social emotional aspects, being able to kind of reinforce those at home also so that kids could kind of get the whole family, whole picture approach. Anything else you wanted from parents? Well, um, I always loved it when parents would just be, you know, active with their kids. They would show up. They would create a home with routine and balance, just like the classroom has routine and balance. So we're working together as a team. I think that's always the most important thing that we can do. Okay. So as a positive discipline educator, what do you find to be some of the biggest discipline issues that parents have with their children? Well, I, what I see the most from parents is kids not listening. That always is really upsetting for families. Um, also, the morning routine power struggle. We were just talking about school, so how do I actually get my kids out the door in a timely manner without having it, you know, end up in a big fight? Uh, sibling rivalry. I mean, there are a lot of kind of key issues that I work on with families and providing tools to kind of get over these day-to-day problems that we're all experiencing. Power struggles, another very common one. Power struggle as in? And so a power struggle is when you want your child to do something and your child does not want to do it. So we see this a lot with younger children around brushing their teeth, right? It's time to brush your teeth. No. (laughs) Well, how am I going to navigate that? And how am I going to navigate that in a way that isn't now I'm saying you can't watch TV over the weekend. 
And I don't really even want to enforce that because I want you to be able to watch TV, you know, where it just spirals much too quickly out of hand. Okay. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. On the phone with me this morning is Laura Lynn Knight. She's a parent expert. She's here this morning to talk about sibling rivalry. We'll talk more about that in a second here. Now, as a parent expert, what do parents most often ask for you in terms of advice? What kind of advice? What do they most often ask you, Laura? They ask me about a lot of those you know, things we were just talking about. My kid's not listening to me. I want them to sit down and have dinner with us. But I feel like if they're younger, they're not listening. If they're older, maybe they're not actually present and they don't even want to be there. How do I navigate something like that? Or they come to me and they say, hey, I've been getting so mad at my child during this pandemic. I've been with them all day long. I'm completely stressed out to the max. I find myself yelling. I doesn't feel good. What can I do about it? Um, so those are the kinds of tools on my website, lauralennight.com, where I like to always teach really practical tools. Okay, if you're yelling, let's come up with a plan. So I have a plan to pause poster. What are we actually going to do the next time that we feel like yelling at our child? Or I create calm cards for kids. Okay, your child's about to have a meltdown. Let's take out a calm card. Let's reroute their brain for a minute, get them from that lower part of their brain. We call that the reptilian brain into their prefrontal cortex. That's their higher thinking brain. How can I help shift that so that we go from a meltdown into a more cooperative mode? So a lot of the parents I'm working with are just trying to find solutions to kind of these daily problems that right now, especially, they're really overwhelmed with. Okay, so you mentioned something that I'm dealing with. I have teenagers, teenage boys. How do you get them to, you know, turn away from the screen time and have family time? Because that is a big issue. It is. It's a big issue. And it's interesting because it's a big issue for teenagers and kids. And it's also a big issue for adults. So what we're seeing more and more is it's not just the kids that we're trying to convince or help guide away from screen time. It's the adults. It's the parents where the kids are actually saying, hey, I want to talk to you, mom and dad. And you are constantly on your device. And so what I think is so important is creating the same routines that we talked about in the beginning of this interview that I said, you know, that's important for the classroom. That's important for home. So sitting down, having a family meeting, when is it okay for us to use devices? When is it not? What are our agreements? At dinner, where do all devices go? And where will they be held? And instead, what new family tradition can we start to implement? I love to go over gratitude for the day with my kids at dinner time. You know, what did you appreciate about your day? Or what was your rose, your bud, and your thorn? What was one thing that went well? One thing you're looking forward to, that's the bud, and what was the thorn? And let's talk about it. There you go. Good advice there. Now, and in case you're just tuning in this morning, we're speaking to Laura Lynn Knight, parenting expert. Now, let's talk about sibling rivalry. How common is that? It's really common. You know, I I have yet to ever meet a family that didn't have a sibling that was 
siblings that we're fighting, you know? Uh, so I think it's good to normalize it. Like if you're listening, it's not just your kid. Uh, and I like to hear that too. It's not just my kids that are fighting, but what's important is that they have more good experiences with each other than negative experiences. So when we look at the science of kind of the long-term goal of them having a connected relationship, they need to have more good than bad, right? And so how do we help them get there? How do we create an atmosphere where, yes, they're going to fight, but we're also going to make sure that we have these good times and we're going to de-escalate those fights. All right, good. Now, let's talk about this. Now, what are some things that parents unknowingly do that are fueling these sibling rivalries? Such a good question. One of the things that parents often do is they take sides in the fight. And so perhaps they're used to their older one being more aggressive, right? This is just an example. So they come into the room, the younger one's crying. They're like, my brother hit me. And immediately the parent jumps in and says, I told you not to hit. You're in trouble again. Go to your room. And you don't hear the whole story. You don't know what led up to that fight, that moment. And we know that in all arguments, it takes two, right? That saying, it takes two to tango. So a different approach is coming into the space and treating them both equally. Let's sit down. Tell me what just happened. Hearing both sides of the story, how are we going to solve this? Let's problem solve together. It doesn't mean that there doesn't need to be consequences. Sometimes there does. But the long range goal is that we want our children to be able to problem solve. And so sibling rivalry is actually a really nice opportunity to help your children learn problem solving skills and critical thinking skills. Okay, so the first thing is that parents shouldn't take sides. Um, what else when it comes that parents that they are doing to fuel sibling rivalry that they unknowingly just don't get or know? Yeah, so another thing that us parents often do is we wait too long before we show up. So we, and I struggle with this too, right? Because you want your children to be able to work it out themselves. Mm-hmm. But if you wait till it's so escalated, then the chances of calming down and problem solving, it's like you've crossed that line. So we need to show up and be present. Sometimes that means we intervene, like the example I just gave. Hey, everyone, let's pause. We need to sit down, cool off. We're going to problem solve. Sometimes just showing up in the space and then realizing, oh, there's the parent right there. That's enough to kind of shift the tone and the mood, but don't wait until it's too late. All right. There you go. And again, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. More information about our guests, more information about the show can be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Just head there now and like us there now and follow us there now. You can also listen to the show anytime you like. Just head to your favorite podcast app anywhere you get your podcast and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Again, this morning, we're speaking to Laura Lynn Knight. She is a parenting expert. Now, I'm guessing and you touched on this earlier, but in terms of sibling rivalry and and children getting along, I'm guessing with the pandemic and everyone in the house and learning online and everybody spending time together indoors, I'm sure that has 
fueled a lot of sibling fights. It has. I'm hearing from many, many parents of, ah, they're bickering all day. They're arguing. I don't know what to do. And so I would say the third important point, you know, we talked about not taking sides. We talked about being present. And the third important point is really creating time where you can help your children have fun together. So we're almost teaching them, you know, just like in the classroom, we need to teach them reading, writing, and math. At home, we need to teach those social emotional skills that I was also talking about, you know, that were so important to me in the classroom. So when we're at home with our kids, we can join the fun too. And sometimes this is hard, especially right now, because everyone's working from home and you feel like you have a million things to do, but set aside 10 minutes a day. It doesn't need to be more than that. Bring both kids or all the kids together, however many you have, and say, okay, let's all build a fort and eat popsicles. Let's all, you know, play a board game that we really like, depending on the age of your child. So finding things that are age appropriate that the whole family can participate in. And again, that goes back to long-term goals of more connection, also short-term goal with our children of really creating a space where they're going to start to feed off that energy of, oh yeah, we do have fun together. Let's take this game and continue it even when mom or dad have to leave the room. All right. Now I'm going to give you some scenarios that parents may fall into that they may have these situations going on in their home. And I want you to give us some advice, some tips here. Okay. And I want to start with sharing common spaces like bedrooms, family rooms, or even toys, or what advice would you give parents there? Because that can be an issue. That can absolutely be an issue. And I always love to have family meetings. So a family meeting is where I sit down with my kids, my whole family, and we say, okay, I've noticed that we're having this problem that keeps coming up of sharing toys in the bedroom. What do you think we can do about it? And the amazing thing is, is that kids, when they're asked that question, they're going into, again, their critical thinking mind, and they have a lot of really good ideas. So, okay, let's make a plan from that, and let's try it out for a week. So often kids are being told, this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. They're hearing no, no, no. And so we want to actively give them an option to participate. How do we share the common space? How do we share our toys even when we don't want to? Um, So bringing them in always helps diffuse the common power struggles that we see. All right. What about name calling? Yeah. So again, you know, I would I love to sit down with my children and say, hey, I noticed that you've been calling names. What's up with that? And just like we have a, you know, and that's where we have a rule in our house. We don't call other people's names and we don't call ourselves mean names. So that goes along with negative self-talk. That's not allowed in our family. That's one of our family rules. And when I hear you calling names, what I really hear is, I'm angry because, and then you can express how you're feeling. So giving them the language of what they're really trying to say can be very helpful because underneath that name calling is actually just a bigger feeling that they're not articulating well. And so we can help them articulate those feelings. All right, there you go. Let's talk about this um, sibling bullying. And you know what? 
up until recently, I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, it can happen in homes. And when we see that kind of behavior where one child is really acting out in an aggressive way, especially towards another child, it's usually an indication that there's something bigger going on below the surface. And so maybe that child feels like they're not getting enough time with their parents and they're taking it out on a sibling. Maybe something's happening at school. And so that's when, as parents, I really suggest you find moments of special time just to be with that child and reestablish a strong connection and then try and get to the root of what's going on. And so perhaps that's something that you have the skills for. Perhaps that's a time to bring in another professional or talk to the school and see if they're seeing anything, or maybe they even have someone on staff that can check in with your child. But children inherently want to do well. And so when we see these big explosive signs of misbehavior it's an indication that there's something deeper going on, and and we can dig into that. All right. And with that, we're running out of time this morning. Laura, if our listeners would like to find out more about you, and I understand that you have some online resources as well, how can our listeners find out more about you? Yes, you can get lots of free parenting tools, some that we talked about and some that I have more of on my website. It's Laura Lynn, L-I-N-N, Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T dot com. And I also do a weekly parenting newsletter. I always talk about one common parenting problem and then provide solutions on how to tackle that problem. All right. Well, with that, we're out of time. Thank you so much, Laura. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.